All right, what's up everybody and welcome to the 2021-2022 Toonami A Year in Review. Uh, it's been so long. It's been, lo it's been a long time, three years, man. Man, but finally we are back. Finally. Again. An eternity. An eternity. <laughs> but uh, let's introduce ourselves first off. I am Mikey Shiota. Joining me as always is... Is uh, Ryan Tubitz Funis. And uh, what we do like outside of... Uh, detour panels and whatnot, uh, we do a podcast called Anime Baby. It's once a month where each month we talk about a different anime and we just basically run through the whole story, give our thoughts on each of it, also like analyzing it and, and also just crack jokes and have a good time. Like we've been doing this since 2018. We have a total of 39 episodes as of this Wednesday. So we'll highly, if you like this panel, go ahead and check out our previous episodes on whatever podcatcher you have. Also animebebe.podbean.com. And also here are all social medias right here. I'll leave it up at the very end if you, if Casey missed it. But I think uh, we got, so basically what we're gonna do here is, is that uh, we've been doing this since 2016, where each year we take a look back at all of the uh, new Toonami shows that have aired on the block within this past year. So uh, I think the uh, best way to start things off is we just start all the way back from the start of last year, January, 2021. So we're going to go through each show and just uh, give our brief thoughts on it. So kicking off right here. So kicking things off, it's no surprise that Gridman joined up the joined with the Toonami roster. Yeah, finally, especially considering that uh, Toonami has had a history of playing uh, Studio Trigger shows. Because in the past, that they, they have uh, played uh, one of my personal favorites, Kill a Kill, back in uh, 2014. So it's no surprise that they acquired SSSSSS. Uh, SS four S's Gridman. Got a I don't like that name. <laughs> <laughs> like we'll we'll refer to it as Gridman, but uh, no, this is actually a really good show. Like compared to some of other Studio Trigger's other stuff, probably not on the level of like say Kill a Kill or a Little Witch Academia, but really really up there as like one of their best shows. Yeah, it is sort of them just taking the approach of like a Monster of the Day anime and just kind of elevating it in their own personal way. And also doing like a tribute to like a classic uh, Tokusatsu, like Ultraman and all that, or the original Gridman, which is like how it's pretty much kind of like set in the same universe too. Like even in the very end, they play like the original Gridman theme and they fight in like the Cyber City from the original Gridman TV show. Yeah, it's not too bad, and uh, I think it does like capture on some level like the spirit of like the original Gridman series. Yeah, and also like pretty kinda... good series that original one too. Not bad. Yeah, definitely. And uh, if want to hear us talk about this more, we actually did back in 2020. You know, while the world world was burning, uh, we do uh, every year on our podcast we do like a summer of series where we do like multiple episodes of like uh, a bunch of different shows that fit a theme. Like back in 2020, the theme was Summer of Trigger. And we did a bunch of Studio Trigger anime, and one of them was Gridman. And it's a, uh, out of all those episodes, I'm really proud of this one, mostly for the fact that I, I went through like a big 30 plus minute preamble on like the history of Tokusatsu. Yeah, that was quite impressive. Yeah, so definitely give that a watch if you want to hear, give that a listen if you want to hear us uh, talk more about Gridman. I still wonder if Toonami will ever acquire Dainazanon though. I really hope they do, because I'm kind of holding out them airing it before I actually see Dinazanon. Yeah, but like that would that that one compared to like the first one didn't really like get a whole lot of buzz from what I recall. Like it kind of fizzled out like a little bit. It kinda did, but at the same time, everything that I heard about it is really good. Like people say it is still like on par with original Gridman. Yeah, that's that's what I've heard as well. Like, yeah, so, so think, I wouldn't be opposed to having more. Yeah, fingers crossed for that one in the future. But uh, moving on to our next show right here. <laughs> uh, oh, how the mighty have fallen.
Adult Swim. Oh boy, this this series. So in particular for this panel, we will be tackling some of the uh, missteps Toonami has made as well. Yep, as, as in the description, highs, lows, and creamy middles. This one is certainly one of the lows. Uh, you know, I would have been fine if Toonami just skipped this entirely. Yeah, or like, you know, maybe give this slot to some of the other second seasons that they still need to air. <laughs> Mob Psycho 100. I know, right? But, but uh, it, with, with this one in particular, like, the, the discourse had already come around full swing towards the second season being, like, one of the worst second seasons of an anime in recent years. It would have been fine if they just ditched it. I don't know why they didn't. Like... I really, really want to know what happened with this series, because with the first season, it was spectacular. It was one of my favorite animes of, like, that year. And it was like, once they got to, sec to season two, it was like, okay, we don't want this one anymore. We're just going to, like, just, just dust it under the rug. Like, it's almost impressive how hard season two of The Promised Neverland nosedives after the first one. Yeah. It's, it's truly impressive. Like, we did a podcast on season one, like, sung its praises to no end, and throughout... And in that episode, I ended it specifically by saying, oh man, I can't wait for season two. You ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> and it felt and you like, looked like an ass in front I of everyone. I looked like a jackass <laughs> trying to hype up this season. <laughs> like, it, it felt like they were trying to make me look stupid. It, it, the, the whole season really is written in such a way that like, it feels like they're trying to wrap it up as quickly as possible. Like, with, and they do just that yeah. and then like, end the series with like, what, a three-minute slideshow that, go, go, that goes through all of the major points, the stuff that I really want to see animated, but no, here's a picture of them meeting certain characters. It's a season that, like, tries to speedrun, like, an entire, like, final, an entire three-fourths of an entire manga. It's, it's really embarrassing. In 11 episodes, one of which was a recap episode, and also, like, even the people working on it, they probably knew it was bad because the last two episodes didn't have credited writers. Uh. So, yeah. Like, this is another one where I would like to do it on our podcast, but only after we find out what really went down with this. Like, what, what happened with this one? Yeah, we still kind of don't know the full story of, like, what happened with Promised Neverland Season 2, really. Like, we need, to find that, we need to find out about that first before we can really talk further about it. Yeah, so until they spill that tea, we're just, we're just going to be waiting for that one. Absolutely. But moving on to something better. Oh. So yeah, My Hero Academia, Season 5 continuing strong, like, I think we've said all there really is to say about My Hero since the last time we did this, and also we've, we've covered every season on our podcast, so. Like, also, like, there's a dime a dozen other panels at, at a convention like this that talk about My Hero Academia, so we'll be brief with this one. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, no, it's, it's still good My Hero Academia, but uh, at the same time, I would say Season 5 is certainly the weakest of the seasons thus far. In some ways. In I some certainly ways. felt like the animation could have been better in parts. Yeah, it could have, but... Uh, Still, though, it's my hero. It's still a lot of fun, and it's also just... This season in particular is just set up for what's to come in season six, hopefully, because that's where they get into big, big stuff. Yes, big major stuff, lots of death, which I love. Tragedy, but it's, it's glorious. Glorious, glorious tragedy. Yeah, it's more my hero. It's just what Toonami needs. Yep, and like in an age where like we don't really have any new like say Dragon Ball or anything like that, so I feel like My Hero Academia could potentially be like that big anchor for Toonami every time they come up with a new season. Yeah, it works just fine for that. Yeah, so yeah, My Hero, thumbs up. So moving on from that, from one shown into another. <laughs> Set and ready to go. We're bringing the battle to the Suicide 
You have no idea how things were before. The world I lived in was tainted by powerful forces who used weapons of science on unspeakable crimes. It's only me for strength. A miraculously beautiful woman was purified by something. Or for some reason, an outsider was trying to punish once again. Stone kicks ass. Oh yeah, Ohio Sakai, good morning world. This show is awesome. I love Dr. Stone to death. It's so good. Oh man, it's just it, like, what if Bill's, Bill, what if Bill Nye the science guy was a shonen protagonist? Exactly. That's all you need to go really go off of this. Yes. A little bit, but and also very, very weak. Like, the one thing I really love about uh, Dr. Stone is like how they make, they set apart our main character Senku from every other shonen hero where like, He's got a big brain, but like he's got like the strength of a flea, and I really like that about the series. And also the fact that a lot of the science, as fantastical as it is, it's all 100% accurate. Like, if they could do that, they they can actually really do that. Like, if science sci was your favorite subject in high school, or like you're just a big science buff, Doctor Stone is absolutely for you. Yeah, like this series is like it also it uh, it just recently ended. The manga did, and I, without giving any spoilers, I will say. It held up to the very end. Like, I really love this series, and uh, I'm hoping that they don't pull a Promised Neverland Season 2 with this one. I want, them, <laughs> I want them to give this series the best proper treatment for its further anime adaptations. I mean, they nailed their second season, so I can't really see Yeah, it. and only a short season. Like, it only covered one big arc, the, uh, the Stone Wars. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was interesting. You don't usually see, you see anime lip and limit their... Uh episodes like that per season. Yeah, but no, they still managed to keep up the quality really well in only like, what, 11, 12 episodes? And I will say, if you, if you, have, if you like a series like Hunter x Hunter, where like a lot of the fights are like very um, cerebral and involve a lot of strategy, Dr. Stone is absolutely, abs like absolutely carries that torch, in my opinion. Definitely. And also, uh, another, another big thing about this series that I really, really like is, the, is like, the characters, the cast is, are, is just 100% rock solid. Like, Everybody in the show is somebody's boy or girl. Like, there's a favorite character for everyone here. You will inevitably like at least one character from the series. They're all so freaking likable. They are, and uh, we got plenty of more new characters coming up, because uh, uh, in lieu of a third season, which is going to be coming next year, uh, this year they're actually going to be doing a special, which will introduce a new main character, and a really, really fun main character. You know, someone who has a lot of desires, and will, do, will go about any way to achieve those desires. So it's gonna be a lot of fun. Hopefully maybe Toonami will play that special in the future before they get to season three. But yeah, Dr. Stone, it's really good. Yes, rock solid, check it out. Dr. Stone's a Shonen Jump release, right? Yep, Shonen Jump. Okay. Yep, so like if you have the uh, Shonen Jump app, you can like, uh, you can read every single chapter. And the manga is also just as exceptionally well, like, well rendered as the uh, anime is as well. Definitely, definitely. Very gorgeous. Mm -hmm. So, Let's move on from there. Ten years Oh no, kids are watching. And you see the nudity in the show. It's 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 tasteful. Like it's not like bad or anything. Yashihime, Princess Half Demon. What, 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 what can you say about this series, man? It's got a princess. Half, is a half demon. Half demon. You got, got three characters here. You know. 
I like the highlights in that one girl. Yep, one's uh, carrying a sword there and uh, going. Maybe they go on big demon adventures and fight fight monsters with giant boobies. And they ride a fox. Maybe, possibly. Hey, do you know anything else about Inuyasha? Because I don't have a blues clue. Oh. You're, you're better off catching up with One Piece. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah, let's be real here. We didn't watch this because we don't really care about Inuyasha as a whole. Uh, I watch most every, anything that comes out on Toonami, and yet like, I could not muster the, enough to care for Yashihime. No, like, not at all. It's <laughs> just... It, it's just the fact that, you know, peace and love, peace and love, I'm sorry, but like, Inuyasha is just one of those series where it's like, I can't bother to get, get into it. Like, I... I hate to say this, but I aggressively don't care. Like, I feel my life is better not actually watching it. Or it's ra I'm rather just in kind of indifferent to Inuyasha as a whole. Because, like, cause like, you might as well just say Inuyasha as a whole when it comes to the series, because, like, this, this series, from what I've heard, it doesn't really do much with, like, the, the actual lore of Inuyasha, or really any, like, anything greater than what it originally did with in its original series, either. Yeah, like, uh, most recently, like, our friend, JP, who runs a podcast, Guns at Omo, we check him out, but, like, he did a podcast where he talked about, uh, you know, getting people caught up with Yashihime, and I listened to this Wednesday, and, like, while I was listening to it, it's, like, 20 minutes, and, and I could not believe what happens in this show. Like, <laughs> it baffles me, stuff about, like, going into people's eyes or chopping off arms and horns that turn into other people, and... You have one character who people loved back in the series, but then turned into a huge sex pervert later. It's it's really weird. You might you might as well just say it's Seshimaru. Like, yeah, <laughs> there's yeah. something. Yeah, there's something like very dodgy they do with Seshimaru in the series. Yeah, <laughs> but just yeah, like with this series, it, it's probably gonna get season two on Tsunami, but I I just can't be bothered with this. Like even Dragon Ball Super had more substance than a series like this. Right? Honestly, yeah, and even though that shit wasn't great either, but. I watch that every week. Yeah, exactly. But. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that goes to show you how we feel about this. Yeah, Yashihime, it's like, I get it. It's Inuyasha. It, it has a home. It has a home. You know, people have nostalgia for the original series, but, like, not really us. Like, we weren't there waking up four in, four in the morning to watch new episodes. Like, we were in bed during that time. Yeah, it, it was just an era we skipped entirely. Yeah. So, you know... If it's your thing, cool. It's just not our bag, baby. This this one just feels like filler on the block. <laughs> Honestly. Honestly, yeah. So let's move on from this one. Pretty soon then, we'll all look at the continent we'll block to see it. Hey. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yo-ho, yo-ho, a pirate's life for me. The first of uh, Toonami original series that uh, aired within the past year. And a, uh, also a uh, Crunchyroll Copro. 
Yeah, we're gonna take a brief moment to defend uh, Fena Pirate Princess. Yeah. Oh, good. I'm glad we have another fan here. Because, <laughs> like, honestly, I'm gonna be honest with you. This was probably one of my favorite animes of, like, last year, because I really, really dug the hell out of this, like, from the moment it started. I'm just like, I'm all in on Fena. Like, this, this is just a good, simple, fun, original anime. Like, <laughs> you like the series in the same way you'd like a Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Just a fun, swashbuckling ab- adventure, you know? Like, story it's like it's pretty simple you know but it's just you still go into it and just and it's just a blast and a lot of fun yeah it takes place in like this uh, it takes place in our world but it's also like kind of like steampunk inspired i mean you saw like the ninjas on the submarine so <laughs> i should already like set 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 up the world for you a little bit yeah it's uh the way they kind of set talked about it in like uh press release material is that uh, the series is meant to take place in like say an alternate universe where, like, more uh, samurai and ninja are prevalent in the age of piracy. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where you meet our main character, Fena, who is trying to, like, basically unlock her destiny, so to say. And she has to team up with these uh, samurai ninja, the, uh, the goblin knights, to pretty much learn more about her past and unlock, like, the secrets of her memories right here. And this is a gorgeous-looking show, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, this series is beautiful and also one cool thing that i found out about that is apparently all the backgrounds in the series are all hand-drawn like no cg used in any of the backgrounds in the series very nice i would also like to like highlight a lot of the uh facial expressions and character designs in the series they're all very uh, expressive and endearing i mean some of the best i've seen from an anime in quite a while oh yeah like especially in the first like few episodes they really hit you with the faces in the series like there's a lot of fun goofy expressions in the show and like a lot of fun like slapstick humor in a series that's also bounces out with like very serious storytelling and it, and it, and it also and it's also supported with some really good action too oh incredibly good action like one i wish where i wish it were longer because i wanted to see more and more of the series like it feels like they had like a huge world set up with fena pirate princess but they only had like uh, 12 episodes to explore it like it felt like they really wanted to explore more of this, and I really hope they do in the future. Although, th- but that's that's where we kind of come to the problem with the series, though, and that's uh, in the ending. Yeah, without the, going into spoilers, the ending is kind of a mixed bag, so to say. Yeah, you're either gonna you're either gonna be okay with it or you're gonna hate it. Yeah, like <laughs> me personally, I'm fine with it. Like, it serves as a good ending for season one. It gets a bit confusing in places, but. I think it does well, and it still does set itself up for maybe revisiting the series down the line if, they, if they're inclined to. I, I disagree on that. I, they, they pull a trope near the, at the end of the series that it ties way too like, tightly of a knot on it all for their toll out for any kind of season two, and it kind of frustrated me. In a way. It kind of depends on how you really look at it. Right, right. If they really want to, they could maybe cheese it and make a second season. They could, like... I don't know. I really hope they do, because uh, one of the things I do like about this series a lot, and why it put me o- put it over as like one of my favorites of last year, is the fact that this series is like 100% original. Like This is a pure passion project, not based on any pre-existing manga or light novel or video game or anything. Like In an age where everything is based on something, I'm glad we have more original program right here. Yeah, so much of anime today is like just straight adaptions yeah. and it up? gets tiresome. I have bad news, they canceled it. They actually made it official. Oh, really? Oh, they did? Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Uh, well, that stings. Well, at least I have the memories of season one. Yeah, we'll always have that. I'll always yeah, have that. they can't pull off a, a promise Neverland with that series. I mean, yeah, at least I mean true, yeah. <laughs> but no, this great series, I highly recommend it. I, know, I live for this swashbuckling stuff. This this brought back my good memories of like almost like One Piece or Treasure Planet for me. Oh, definitely. In some parts. And also fabulous characters. Like I love the main cast in this, especially our main girl Fena. Like she is a firecracker. Like she just doesn't take any shit from everyone, and I really love it. Love her yeah, for that. Fena is a very likable protagonist, and like all the in all of her like and all the supporting characters also really great too. The villains are also very fun. Oh yeah, the they uh, do even get like a more traditional pirate crew in there. Yep, the crew of the Rumble Rose. Yep, with like an all female pirate crew, and they're all awesome. Mm, excellent. Yeah, so. I love Vampire Princess. It's great. Hopefully they have Blu-rays coming out soon because I will buy that day one-ish. Yeah, I can highly recommend it on the caveat of its ending. It's on Hulu. It is on Hulu. Mm-hmm. And I recorded it on YouTube TV. 
but I want I want physical mania, man. <laughs> so moving on. Oh. <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> By the way, there's nothing wrong with the screen. I assure you, the series is that dark. So the second of of our uh, Toonami Crunchyroll co-pros, Blade Runner Black Lotus. This came in with a lot of hype and left cold as ice. <laughs> like, they really dropped the ball with this one. And we were hyped for this. I know, we were hyped for it initially, just, just because, like, the names that were attached to it. Because, okay, Blade Runner, like, fantastic film series, two great films. Yep. And, and they also plugged uh, Shinichiro Watanabe being on the project. Like, we heard Watanabe, Blade Runner. That could be a match made in heaven. Right. But the problem was is that uh, Watanabe was a producer... Uh, the actual directors of the series, uh, well, one of the things they did prior to uh, Black Lotus is that a year before this came out, the directors of the, of the series did uh, Ghost in the Shell 2045 on Netflix. And from what I hear, it's probably, people say it's one of the worst Ghost in the Shell uh, series out there. Yes. So less than a year after that, they did this. Like, we should have seen this coming. Yeah, because, like, cause, yeah, even, well, my expectations were already, like, lowered back when that first trailer even dropped. Because that's when we realized, oh, th th this is what you're doing. Yeah, because, uh... Um, you're going the CG route. Yeah, prior to that first trailer dropping, we didn't know this was going to be CG. Like, we had, we had assumed that this was going to be hand-drawn 2D animation. Right. But no... Yeah, like uh, Blackout, which is a great short, by the way, Blade Runner 2022 Blackout. Like, it's fantastic. Yeah, that's what we thought it was going to look like initially. Yeah, like, directed by Watanabe. So, like, that's what we thought. This isn't what we got. Yeah, because even then, even after I saw that trailer, it was like, eh, maybe it could maybe be good. Maybe it could be good. And then you actually watch the series, and it really kills a lot of your expectations. It just drags so hard Dude, this is a dull series like this, is a, this was very dull a dull series that if you strip away all the blade runner aspects of this it's just a regular old action show yeah and not it, a very good one it doesn't really do much with the setting or of a uh, blade runner to really justify its own existence and the fact that uh, blade runner as a franchise is like with uh, both films uh, the original blade runner and 2049 like there there are themes of like trying to figure you know like you know, what, what does it mean to be human? What, how can you be more human than human? Or, like, what can you do with, like, the memories you have? Like, both movies had something to say about, about like, the characters of, like, Deckard and Kay. This series didn't have really anything to say with our main character, Black Lotus, here. Like, there was no, no, there it was was no point in, to this. It was almost entirely focused on the character of uh, Elle, and um, it doesn't really dig deeper into any of the wider themes of the series. Like... <sighs> Like, this series is just, it's just one where it just feels like completely disposable content. Like, they just made that because it's Blade Runner, and Blade Runner is popular, and Blade Runner will sell. And it'll sell things like albums full of songs that have nothing to do with the series, but they just slap onto the end credits because they got to sell CDs. Which, by the way, the music in the series is also a bit of a mixed bag as well, even though it was hyped at hell and back as well. Oh, yeah. Like, outside of the ending themes, there are no vocal tracks in this, which is... Which is like in line with the Blade Runner films, you know, like the Hans Zimmer track from 2049. Right. But whereas like Hans Zimmer's OST from 2049 is fantastic, the OST in Black Lotus kind of sounds like WWE cage lowering music with the jung 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 jung. Like imagine that for seven minutes while you have a boring fight. Well, even some of the original songs they have played at the at the end of episodes are also just. They, they sound too generic to my ear. They and they really have, do. and they're barely related to what happens in the series. Like, there's a moment where, like, say, two characters are talking, and the final line of the episode is one character going, what happens next? And as soon as he says that, the music goes, what happens next? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, it's painful. It's off. Or, like, another moment where, like, uh, one of the characters, Jay, saves L from a falling, falling from a building, and the song goes, oh, I'm saving you, yeah, baby. It's, it's, uh, it's that kind of stuff. You just roll your eyes at it. Uh, yeah. 
and uh, to plug our podcast again, we actually did an episode on Black Lotus. I released it this past Wednesday, and uh, I do that episode drunk. So if you want to hear me drunk talking about Black Lotus, it's there for you. It is the only episode we've done so far where one of us is drunk. Yeah, <laughs> only and probably probably will never do that again. <laughs> but check it out. You can actually pinpoint the exact moments where I start to really fall further and further into inebriation. <laughs> So yeah, no, we do not recommend Blade Runner, Black Lotus, at all. <laughs> yeah. Also, this series dabbles in NFTs, so that that so yeah, screw that. Oh yeah, that was super tasteless as well. Dropping NFTs with each episode. Yep. God. Yep. And I do the math on how much money they made off that, so that's a little something to uh, get you into that podcast. <laughs> but onwards to hopefully better things. Oops. Oh. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> Oops. Almost. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> there we are. class is in session <laughs> and also just uh, by the way pointing it out uh, yes uh, this, my la last name here Shiota that's not my actual last name but I did get that as my username from this series because I really loved it and I had Nagisa as my profile pic on Twitter for a long time and it just kind of stuck and it just really kind of stuck and but yeah I love assassination classroom like this series is so much fun it's a pretty enjoyable series you know, kind of similar in, like, uh, Dr. Stone, where it kind of takes, like, the Shonen Jump formula, but you kind of get clever with it, like, set it in school and kind of have the battles set up as, like, tests and stuff like that, mm -hmm. while also trying to uh, basically set up this big plot where you have to assassinate the teacher, uh, Koro-sensei, right here, by the end of the year, or he'll blow up the, blow up the year, so, as, he, as people say. Yeah, a lot has already been said about Assassination Classroom, so Toonami is kind of just taking its time to just air the episodes in, in its entirety and just, you know, give it a good home. Yeah, and... But no, it's a deserving series to be on the Toonami. It really is, because I remember, I remember, I think it was the first year we did this panel back in 2016, where uh, at the end of it, we were kind of thinking like, oh, what kind of new shows will uh, be on Toonami in the future? And I had just gotten into Assassination Classroom at the time, and I'm just like, this... This is pitch perfect for Toonami. They need to air this. And lo and behold, it took them a few years, but they actually finally managed to air the series. I mean, so many inspirational lines, good action, some good humor. Like, it's, it's, it's a great at home. And also a fabulous dub. Like, I don't care what anyone says about the dub script. I really like it. And the acting is stellar, especially from uh, Sunny Strait as uh, Koro Sensei. Like, he nails it. Yeah, everyone pulls their weight in the series. They really do. Yep. And season two, like, we're in the middle of season two right now, and I've already seen it. I saw it years ago, but... They're going to get into some bigger and bigger stuff. So if you hadn't seen it, be prepared. Like, I think, I think there's one episode either, either uh, next, not this, either this weekend or next weekend where we kind of get a big reveal about a certain someone in the series. Like, one that kind of blew my mind the first time I saw it. Yeah, there's plenty more twists and turns to come with Assassination Classroom. And it all leads to one hell of a finale. <laughs> so onward from there... Okay, yeah, because between the two of us, I'm the one who watched this the most, and I really dig Made in Abyss. Like, I think this is a really enjoyable series. Like, the one thing I really like about that is uh, its sense of atmosphere. Like, watching our two main characters, Rico and Reg, dive deeper and deeper into, like, the bowels of the abyss. This, like, part of the world where, like, the lower you go, you meet all kinds of, like, different creatures and monsters and different kinds of obstacles. Also, as, also like, certain, like, human characters, like, the different kinds of weirdos you meet down in the abyss. Like, I think they do a really good job at, like, building up each, like, each point in the story, like, each, like, monster, each character. Like, I really do that, and also I, I'm, and I'm just, like, a, a sucker for atmosphere. Like, I'm really, really having fun with the series. Like, 
but I will say there are some caveats to this, you know, some anime text you have to pay with this. Yeah, uh, some questionable humor. Some questionable humor about, like, uh, what, re about uh, jokes about Reg and his penis, or, like, uh, Rico wetting herself. Like, I, I don't like that. Like, you could leave that at the door. Yeah, I the disclaimer of the series has some weird humor. Some weird humor that makes you wonder if the author's into something. Like, yeah. it's, it's off, but that aside, I still think Made in Abyss is a fantastic series, and I'm really looking forward to, like, how, uh, how the rest of the series goes. Like, I've never seen this before until Toonami, so... I really want to see how they uh, do the rest of the season. So yeah. After that, we get... I don't know, needs more yayo yayo. <laughs> but yeah, One Piece, finally coming back to Toonami. It needs more rap. Yeah. <laughs> but no, well, it's, I mean, they, we went through the whole like, like sea shanty phase of the pandemic, so of course they had to go and do that. <laughs> and also, you, they kind of have to harken back to when, uh, Toonami, when uh, One Piece first came back to Toonami back in 2013, where he had... Uh, Tom, like, basically do a narration in, like, a pirate voice, you know, yeah. Arr, One Piece, be back on Toonami. So you kind of have to harken back to that. But no, One Piece, finally back on Toonami after a five-year layoff. Yeah, we didn't think it was going to return. <laughs> no, like, it kind of felt back in uh, 2017 when One Piece left the first time because apparently, like, uh, it was, it was starting to get... The reason they gave for it leaving was because it was starting to get a bit more uh, costly to air the series... And it kind of felt like it, did, it wasn't really worth it at the time, considering it was, like, later in the block. But now, fast forward five years later, they're giving it another chance, and a well-deserved chance this time around. And there's Marineford arc. They did skip Marineford and uh, Impel down, but I kind of get why they had to do that, because those episodes, it's just really Luffy and some of the other characters, like... You don't see any of the other Straw Hat Pirates during that time. Yeah, it's like, do you really want to, it's kind of like, do you really want to go through all that when you're just bringing it back to the block, where it's just Luffy running through, like, all these events and just being tossed around? Or do you want to have the whole Straw Hat crew together having an adventure? Yeah. Like, plus, I can understand the decision. Plus, I feel like the starting point after the two-year time skip is, like, a perfect jumping-on point for a lot of people. Like, it feels like a fresh new start. Yes, it absolutely is. And the, the current arc, Fishman Island, I feel is kind of like, it's pretty much like One Piece's greatest hits, you know? Just, like, get the whole crew back together, see how they've grown over these past two years, and just have them, like, go straight into Fishman Island and stop racism. Yep. <laughs> and also stop drug users, too. Right. <laughs> but I, I really, I'm really glad that One Piece is getting the second chance, and one thing I love that they're doing now is the fact that they're airing two episodes a week. And I feel like with the One Piece anime especially, you get a lot more out of watching two a week instead of just one a week. Because one uh, a week kind of feels like, okay, you're not really getting a whole lot, and plus most of the episodes are recaps anyway. But uh, uh, Yeah, especially during this like era of the anime as well. Yeah. And, like, it had not yet hit the Wano arc where no, like, you, you they, got, they're actually starting to put effort into episodes. Yeah, like uh, the anime, in terms of animation and pacing a bit, it's going to be a bit rough sailing for a bit. But yeah. until they get to Wano, then that's when the animation really kicks into high gear. Right, precisely. But there's still moments here and there, especially in uh, Fishman Island, which has like... A lot of great moments that set up a lot of big things down the line too. So yeah, this this the, now is the now this is the time on Toonami to get back into One Piece for sure. And also, I kind of feel like within the past year or so, it kind of feels like it feels like returns are a big thing. You know, like say CM Punk comes back to wrestling after seven years, Tiger and Bunny gets a new anime after eleven years, Tom Brady comes back after two months of retirement, <laughs> <laughs> and One Piece comes back after five years. Yeah. Really is the time of time of returns for us. What's that? Unfortunately, it's on Netflix. Uh, yeah, the live action. No, Tiger Money. Yeah. Oh yeah, Tiger Money. 
I so wanted the Tiger and Bunny to be on Toonami. Yeah, that's one that, that we really hope. true now. Yeah. <laughs> like, if it's on Netflix, then we're probably not going to see it on Toonami. That's why, unfortunately, we'll, we, we're, not, we're probably never going to see JoJo on Toonami again. They better put ads on those superheroes again. Like, real-world, like, ads. They are. They Good. are putting ads. Good. <laughs> it, it, it loses something when those superheroes are not plastered with, like, yeah. Amazon ads. You know. I actually have not seen the new ads yet. Oh, you gotta see them. They're great. I'd rather not be spoiled on the ads because I'm I'm watching like I'm watching. Mm, okay. Right. Yeah, I was waiting. For, I'm, I'm waiting to see if what advertisers are getting in those. Like, oh, they swapped up some new ones. Yeah, I'm watching that. Like, like I'm trying to watch like monkey knife fights or something. I want to see like who comes out ahead <laughs> <laughs> and who like suffered in the end and lost out. <laughs> so, in conclusion, Tiger Bunny's great and One Piece is great. Yes. <laughs> welcome, welcome back, One Piece. Just make sure you put some coffee on because this airs pretty late in the block. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, 1 a.m. People. <laughs> So after that, we get. Now comes the part of the panel where we make fun of Shenmue. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, kind of confession here. Like, like with Inuyasha, we don't really have much nostalgia for Shenmue. Really. No, none whatsoever. Like, I played the first game, like, but that was like years after it came out. Like when I got Dreamcast, like a few years ago, and yeah, it hasn't aged well. Yeah, I tried. I tried looking at looking at footage for the original Shenmue games. Those look like such boring games. I mean, me. you're just walking around most of the time until something happens. Yeah, you're just playing. Yeah, you're just playing like little. You're just trying to get like little like capsules for machines. To, you know, like, pass just time. Wandering around town, making sure you're at a place when the time, at, at a certain time, or when you're not doing that, you're like opening capsules, driving around forklifts, or, or playing Space Harrier. Yeah, wasting time is like a gameplay element in that game. And it's, and it's just not fun. It just doesn't look fun to me. And the anime kind of illustrates that because this season, it's only like 12 episodes, but it's covering the first two games, and they already got through the first game in like five episodes. I know. Yeah, like this is totally Spark Notes Shinmu. So. I love it. The anime is speedrunning the game. Yeah. I mean, there isn't really much story to tell. It's just like, okay, Ryo's dad is dead. Got to find Landy. Got to find some sailors. Got to find out where Landy is. Oh, he's in Hong Kong. Got to get a job, make some money, drive some forklifts. All right, we're in Hong Kong. Boom. On to Shenmue 2. The, the story of Shenmue is so straightforward once you peel away all of like the gameplay from the original and just look at it as it is. But but hey, I guess they thought it would make for a good anime I mean, for some reason. You know, a couple years after Shenmue 3 disappointed everyone. I mean, I still wonder. It, it's I still. It's super eye patchable, so yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah. Oh man, I wonder bad. if after the season ends, is uh, Super Eye Patch Wolf gonna release another? Oh god, I've wasted my entire life video on Shenmue the anime. <laughs> on Shenmue the anime. Uh, <laughs> but I do still wonder, like, why now? Why now for a Shenmue anime? Like, I know this was in production when three was in production, so I guess like. I guess this was probably meant to be a tie-in. But the problem is that is that this feels like a project that should have occurred years ago. Yeah, this should have been like a two-episode OVA back in 2001. Yeah. Somebody with the uh, freaking some money came in here to make Shinmu. Yeah. Yeah, it probably it was probably yeah of course a decision made likely around the same time as Shinmu three. You know, Yu Suzuki probably was like, oh, I want to get into the anime business. After all, if this, if this, if my Shenmue three doesn't turn out well, I'll always have the animation. Yeah, like that's what my that's my biggest hope for this series. If they do more seasons, is that just finish off the series? Don't just, abs just end Shenmue finally. Like, please, Yu Suzuki, don't do your sixteen part story epic. We don't need sixteen no. parts. No, just just adapt Shenmue three, and then you know what? Just end it. Just have Ryo beat Landy and avenge his father's death. Because he's, he's never going to make another Shenmue game. No, no, no. 
No, probably not. I don't think it's gonna happen ever again, so he might as well just savor it while he has it here. But I will say a positive about this. At least this has good voice acting. Yeah, the voice acting's better than the video game, at least. Yeah, like, that was my biggest fear. Like, oh god, are they gonna get the game actors in this one? Yes, our expectations were blissfully low for this series. Especially also considering the fact that it's directed by the same guy who directed One Punch Man Season 2. Which, oh, yeah. which was also an infamously bad season. Yeah. <laughs> like, I see, hang on, have you, ever, have you read up to Season 3 in the manga? Of uh, One Punch Man? Yes. I've, I'm completely fully read on One Punch Man. <laughs> yeah, some of the later stuff is actually pretty impressive, but it's really so hard. But it's also really hard to compress into an anime. True. Yeah. And if they do I'm make so another, excited. yeah. And if they do make another anime, please bring back Shingo Natsume to direct again. Like we really need him. But uh, yeah, no, he, as a director though for this series, he's not bad. Like the fights actually. actually don't look bad, and they don't do that weird thing that One Punch Man season two does, where like textures kind of look like weird metallic gradients in some places, like. Everything actually looks fine here. Yeah, it's. It, I, I mean, I can't say the fights in the series are like greater than most other like kung fu anime I've seen before, but you know, it, it, it's it's perfectly passable for what it is. Yeah. So, okay, thumbs firmly in the middle for this one, I guess. Yeah, uh, <laughs> hovering in the middle is how I would describe this series. As far as uh, original series go, at least you're better than Black Lotus. <laughs> I love. I love Flamer, but I didn't touch it. I saw trailers, like, this was like, this was like, was like shit. Good. <laughs> Don't bother. Because I, yeah, yeah, because I, I saw the trailer, like, this looks like shit. I'm glad I didn't watch it. Yeah, yeah. you didn't miss out on much. You didn't miss yeah. anything. Well, I, I, I don't feel like you need to expand the Flamer. What they, whatever Rivers got made in the 80s, that should be it. Right. Hmm. What about 2049? That was great. Yeah, 2049 was good. And it's also on HBO Max now, the Black Lotus. Yep, it is. Everything's on HBO Max. Yep, yep. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Shin Movie Animation, it's, um, it's a decently passable uh, video game adaption. Uh, I can't in good faith say I would actually suggest it to anyone. Because, <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, it, it is still just Shenmue. I mean, yeah. What more can you really ask? If you want to get the basic gist of the uh, first two games, there it is. I mean, if you don't want to spend your time on the games, I would recommend Shenmue the Animation. Like, yeah. just, just watch that. Just to know the story. Yeah. And then maybe watch, like, a clip or two of, like, the, the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just to compare. So, moving on from that, our last new show of the year. So yeah, Attack on Titan, the final season, which uh, the first half actually started back in uh, 2021 in January, and the uh, second half just started uh, recently, but I think we can just talk about both the season as a whole right here and right now. I'm, I'm so done with Attack on Titan. Honestly, Amen. I'm very tired of, of like this being in the, like, the consciousness. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Like, I remember back when we last did this live, I was still really into it. Like, I really enjoyed season three, but after that ended, I, I was just all like, yeah, I think I'm good. I think I just want to see this end and move on with my life. Because, the, because then the last third of the series then has to be like, okay, we've answered all the questions we had before. What do we do now with this? And then it's like, oh. Genocide! <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, we're going there, aren't we? Aaron's a war criminal. Uh, oh, yay. Yeah. So I'm putting people in ghettos. Uh, uh, Though I will give it this credit, I do actually respect the fact that they took their main character and turned him into the biggest heel in the second. I don't know many other series season. that would actively do that. Make no. their character into like the like the villain in the end. Yeah, like, like a really despicable villain too. Yeah, really like terrible. I I would actually commend them for that. Yeah, that is something that is something actually worth it to like Attack on Titan in its final stretch. Yeah. 
But I, do I, though I do want to bring up the fact that I don't like the animation for the final final season. I prefer Studio Wit over Mappa. Mappa's not great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're not the worst. They're not the worst in taking over the reins for Attack on Titan, but like it, they could have been a lot better. And also, it's kind of hard to enjoy their shows when you know about uh, their uh, work practices. Yeah. Yeah. So, Mappa anime kind of soured on it a bit. Yeah. But yeah, very, very much done with Attack on Titan. It doesn't help that, like, the final, final season, like, came out well after the manga already ended. Like, it, it, like, it broke off on such an awkward spot. Like, you just wanted it to keep going and just end the whole series, but, like... For, like, a multi-year hiatus, like, I think... Yeah. Between season one and two? That was yeah, like, that also did not help. Three years? Me. Three, four years? Oh, that was such a big... Game. That was ridiculous. Oh, and the reveal of, uh, two Aaron of... Oh, yeah, yeah. Within five minutes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we're doing this now. Yeah, we're doing that now. Right. Oh, that legitimately shocked me when I first saw that. I was like, that's the play? <laughs> hey, guy. Yeah. Where's this guy? Come with us. And Aaron's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and Aaron, I'm going to take you to Suplex City. <laughs> you are too responsible for killing my mom. Thanks. I will totally go with you. Oh, I was yeah. just as confused as you were. <laughs> yeah, but whatever. It's on. It's on the. It's on the highway to ending. Yeah, so. we're we're pretty much midway through these final batch of episodes. But that's right fine. Now. That's it's fine. fine. It Pe- deserves to end. People love it, so that's that's still there. So it can end on the tsunami block. So that's as f- that's pretty much it for all the new stuff that's airing. But we got plenty of stuff that's coming down the pipe, and also some stuff that uh, tsunami has made for its twenty uh, fifth anniversary. So uh, first of these is one that is finally, finally, finally coming out later this year. Two clips of animation from the series, and everyone I know is hyped for this. I'm really it's looking forward to this one. <laughs> Especially the music by Klaus Stetson, because, like, that just makes my skin crawl, and I love it. I know, he disorients you with his saxophone. Yeah, and, and if you want to hear more... Fit for, and it feels like it will be a really good fit for this. And if you want to hear more of his music, uh, check out the film uh, Hereditary. He did the, film, he did the music for that film, too. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, this is finally coming out uh, later this year in October, so perfect time for Halloween. God, We're gonna finally get... this year. And hopefully this does a lot better than the Junji Ito collection in terms of bringing his uh, works to animation. Like, I am really hoping that uh, this series gets the respect that it deserves. I hope they just go, like, hardcore experimental. Like, just, like, absolutely, like, just, like, mind screws you. <laughs> and also, I just want to be spooked. Like, I want to be, I just want to be shaking after every episode, just going, like, oh, I don't want to go to sleep tonight. Big shoes to fill for adapting, like, Junji Ito's arguably most famous work. Yep, so, it's only going to be, like, four episodes, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be a really good four episodes. I'm hoping it's a good four episodes. I, I hope they adapt it well. <laughs> yeah, don't pull a Black Lotus on us. <laughs> yeah, I hope I really hope the sound design really backs up the visual design for it. Oh, definitely, I'm definitely. I'm really curious about it. So after that, uh, we have some stuff that uh, Toonami has been doing for their 25th anniversary because uh, just yesterday, this past Thursday, St. Paddy's Day, Toonami celebrated the 25th anniversary of its first ever broadcast. So uh, some of the things they've been doing for that, uh, one of which is a little uh, mini-series right here, Cosmo Samurai 2. 
Yep, so Cosmo Samurai 2, this uh, just recently finished airing. Pretty much what it was were these, like, five-minute interstitials where they, they told, like, this little mini-story that's uh, not canon with, like, the, the Toonami canon. It's just, like, a side story featuring, like, Tom and Sarah just going on these little fun adventures here. They're very weird, though. Very <laughs> weird, but uh, still kind of fun, and it's kind of cool that they did this, these, this like, original animation for, like, the hosts of Toonami. It's kind of nice to see them experiment with it. Yep. And also, uh, yeah, there's your subs on Toonami Weeb, so there you go. <laughs> but uh, this is nice, and you can check out all four parts on uh, Adult Swim's uh, YouTube page. So we're going to speed through a lot of this stuff. As uh, We have another thing for, uh, that uh, Toonami's going to be doing for their 25th anniversary, uh, a, can a canonical Total Immersion event right here. Starting tomorrow night. I'm hyped. I, I really want to know what's returning here. Like, who, who's coming back? Like, please what's the return? Moltar. Oh, Just please be Moltar. Moltar. Yeah. Voice actor Moltar. He did pass. Seymour I know. Parker, but, I know. <laughs> but maybe just have him in a non-speaking role or so, something like that. Or maybe like the uh, the absolution. Bring back the absolution. Yep. Yep. You can do that. Yeah. Or I don't know. Uh, the intruder comes back for a third time. I mean, maybe not the intruder. Maybe not that. They already did that with the intruder too, which was fa which was fantastic. But yeah, two part special, two part total immersion event. I'm really curious to see like what they do with this. Oh yeah, I'm excited too. And plus, Toonami always knocks it out of the park with the uh, total immersion events. Like I remember back in uh, 2020, they did the Forge, which was also a really good series. Mm -hmm. I didn't see that. It's uh, on uh, Toonami's YouTube page. Check it out. It's, uh, it's pretty good. It's pretty like it's pretty much like a full 20 minute like episode. So after that, uh, we got an announcement just yesterday on some new stuff coming to Toonami, so... And you were rushing to put this in. I was just rushing, like, in about 30 minutes before we started, I was rushing to finish up this last bit here. So the first of the which is... But wait, there's more. <laughs> so yeah, they announced three new Toonami shows just the other day. Yeah. Yep, Housing Complex C, a horror anime series, and two new Fully Coolie series. Uh, I'm a little more mixed on the Fully Coolie, <laughs> to be honest. I'm looking forward to that because I remember back when we were talking about uh, Progressive and Alternative, like, I felt like if they were going to do more Fooly Cooly, this is kind of what I want them to do with it. Just get weird, get experimental, and just bring some fresh blood in to okay. just give their interpretation on Fooly Cooly. Okay, now you say that, but I looked up the guy who's going to be directing Grunge. He has only done, like, one movie before, and it was, like, in 3D, and it looked kind of cringy. Maybe he'll surprise us? Uh, <laughs> maybe he needs experience. Yeah. What's up? I'm just hoping the blood seed does not. I, I mean, I'm kind of scared about the blood seed because because I'm still traumatized from the original blood seed. Right. Oh yeah, but the the thing is, like, uh, just the other day, I was kind of thinking, like, you know what? Toonami should really air more horror anime. And lo and behold, they announced the new horror anime, Housing Complex C. Here. <laughs> True. Yeah. I'm I'm hoping it's a bloody good time. <laughs> And then I know Fully Cooly Shoegaze is being directed by the same guy who did Alternative, so... Yep, and, uh... I'm fine with that. What's up? Do we know if the two, uh, Blood Sea and Housing Complex are related? No, no, no. Don't know. Housing Complex C. Yeah, maybe that's just Blood the name C's. of the building right yeah. there, so, yeah. I do not believe there is a connection. Yeah. But... I'm sure if there was. Maybe it might get as violent as Blood Sea, who knows? Oh, dear God. Our friend JP would love that. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, was it Shoegaze that has the same director as uh, Alternative, right? Yep, Alternative. And yeah, Alternative out of the original of those uh, two new ones, Progressive and Alternative, that was my favorite one, so I'm looking forward to at least Shoegaze right here. Mm. And I'm willing to give Grunge a shot. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give them both a shot as well. I mean, it's more Fooly Cooly, of course. Yeah, and also with more Fooly Cooly, we get uh, more Pillows music, so there we go. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I'll at least like it for that. Yes. <laughs> They've never stopped releasing music, so... Yeah, so... True, but... It doesn't hurt to showcase it. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But I think that's pretty much it right here. And perfect timing, too. So, yes, thank you very much for uh, joining us on this, this journey. Where Tsunami has been cooking up for, uh, as of late. Yep, and the highs, the lows, creamy middles, and yeah, in case you missed it, here's all of our social medias Mikey Shota on Twitter, MikeyShota.tumblr.com, and Mikey Shota on Instagram. Where can we find you? You can find me at Wolfish. You can find me at Two Bits on Twitter and Wolfish Grin on Tumblr. And follow our podcast at Anime underscore Baby. That's Anime underscore B A Y B A Y. Yep, and also animebebe.podbean.com and wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you get those podcasts, just put Anime Bebe in your podcast and you'll find us. Yeah, and I yep. Guys on uh, we're not on Spotify yet. Oh, okay. Mm. Yep, and we just released an episode on uh, Black Lotus just this past Wednesday. We also did a five-hour episode on Tiger and Bunny Season 1 back in January. We covered the Fruits Basket reboot. We covered tons of My Hero Academia and a bunch of other shows, too. So, yeah, check us out there. And thank you so much for coming as well. We really appreciate it. Yep. Also, since it's midnight, happy Saturday.